peeing it in my mouth. That's staying in. And welcome to the Refuse F1 podcast. My name is Chloe, and I've been a Formula One fan since 2013. My name is Rachel, and I've been a Formula One fan since 2020. This podcast started as a way to teach Rachel about Formula One, but now the rookie has become the master. Yep. Okay, so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a joke. (laughs) So join us as we talk about Formula One and uh, potentially tummy aches. (laughs) Guess who ate a full bag of chocolate peanuts before this? (laughs) Guess who's still eating chocolate peanuts? (laughs) What? You can't stop us. Fun fact about us, when we were at uni together, every day. (laughs) We could afford to them. 75p mm. a bag. Cost of living crisis now. What is it? One pound ten? ten a bag. Disgusting. Imagine over all the bags of chocolate peanuts we ate at uni, how much more we would have spent at this price. I'd be broke. Yeah. I mean, we were pretty much broke anyway. Savings who? Savings who? It'd be overdraft time. Either that would be, either that or we'd be starving. Mm. You know who isn't broke? Who? People who live in Monaco. (laughs) (laughs) Where the most recent F1 Grand Prix was held. (laughs) Look, I'm a a Segway superstar. (laughs) And Monaco was decent. It was, I enjoyed it. It was decent. Yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as a Grand Prix goes, like a normal Grand Prix, yeah, sure, Monaco isn't the most insane, but for Monaco... And that's and that that's was fine. And this, yeah, and this is coming from like Monaco's number one hater. Oh, yeah. Not you know, not the biggest fan. Usually, I I'm t- I can get that it's like a driver circuit, right? I can get it's exciting for them. But sometimes, like unless these cars get smaller, who can get around? But some people can get around because there was overtakes, but. I mean, we'll scoot back in time. Screw it, screw it. Maybe. Maybe. I just, I embarrass myself every single day. I get that. Maybe when it comes to Monaco on the calendar, they should, they should remove... Invite us. They they should first of all invite us. Second of all, (laughs) remove the F1 cars for that weekend and either put in Citroen Amis or Fiat 500s and make the drivers race around Monaco in them. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say carts, but I'm all for Fiat 500. Have you seen the clip of that Citroen Ami going around the hairpin at Monaco? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we want to see. <laughs> Sky Sports, get on it. It's what the people want. Um, but You know what was the best part of the F1 weekend, though? The rain. Qualifying. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well... I was, tr- I was trying to take us back to the start, but, you know. I ruined your segue. I mean, you're getting ahead of yourself, aren't you? Oh. 
oh, calm down, Chloe. I mean, we had the free practices, yeah. I didn't watch like two of them because I was on a lovely day out in the lovely British sunshine, which isn't sarcasm, actually. No, it was sunny. Not anymore. Mm. It's cold again. Um, mm. So qualifying happened. Qualifying, yes. So, <laughs> it was it, probably the best qualifying session of the season so far. I would argue. Yeah. It had me excited. So Q1, everyone's going around. You know who wasn't going around? The king of the streets. <laughs> king of the streets. Look at this guy. He's so good on street circuits. Sergio Perez. Um, He likes the streets so much that he wants to become part of it. <laughs> and yeah, Q1. Conspiracy. Uh, Max Verstappen fiddled with Perez's car. So he'd crash out just to get the ultimate karma That's from last year. <laughs> because Max Verstappen is, feels really threatened by Sergio Perez. <laughs> no, but like... It's some, I feel like it's something Max Verstappen would do just for just for the just for the pettiness <laughs> of it. Like he doesn't he doesn't even care. Like he knows that Perez isn't a threat, but he's like To be fair, fair, I kinda support Perez's behaviour. I'm gonna be petty. Like freaking Brazil. Fair's fair. Petty king. Would it have hurt him letting Perez past? No. Did he do it? Wins championship did he do it? anyway. No. No. You know who it did hurt? Sergio Perez. Could have stopped him getting P2 in the championship. It wasn't what stopped him getting P2 in championship. He wouldn't have got it anyway. Uh, after Abu Dhabi. But still. Anyway. Where were we? <laughs> Perez crashed out. <laughs> um, Checo crashed out, which was shocking. And it meant, oh, that's one more space at the at the front freed up. Um, Checo ended up qualifying P20 because he only put one lap in and everyone started getting quicker. Who went out in Q1 as well? I think the Hazes did. Logan Sargent did. And I think Joe Guan Yu did. And I think that's Q1. Q2, baby. Nick DeFries got through into Q2. Do you think he's starting to worry? <laughs> Do you think he's like, oh god, I'd better start doing something? I think he's tried to do something this whole season. <laughs> I don't think he's been very good at doing it. <laughs> uh, someone <laughs> prior to the weekend, someone joked on Twitter. I mean, it's not really that funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some Nick Debris this weekend. Um, Debris, Nick Debris. Nick Debris. Do you remember last season when they said over the radio to Carlos Debris in front and he's going Debris where? <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like no Debris <laughs> Vroom Vroom Driver God what happened in Q2? <laughs> Cars went round You know they what qualified. happened in Q1 and Q2 Lewis Hamilton took us for a ride Dude could not put a good lap in until his very last lap on both of them. He was doing it on purpose. I was stressed. He was doing it on purpose. He just wanted. He just wanted to keep you on your toes. That's all. 
Mm. He's like, let's not hey, let's you know, not get complacent, you know. You know a you know a funky a funky Q three enterer. Who? Yuki Sonoda. True. Second time in Q three this year. But Yuki is exceeding expectations. I think he is really grabbing the ball by the horns. Um, the Red Bull, which maybe he'll get into in a couple of years' time. Who knows? Um, but maybe he won't. Cause maybe he'll go to Aston Martin. Because what news did we find out not long ago, Chloe? Aston Martin's partnering up with Honda in 2026. I literally read that on LinkedIn today. And I was like, I did not know that was happening. And then... Is it surprising that not long afterwards, Aston Martin spoke about potentially looking at Yuki Tsunoda in the future? Honda, Japanese company. I think Red Bull and Aston Martin might be scrapping for this strapping young lad. <laughs> Yuki is in a good position. Yeah, I think he's, he's pretty safe at the moment. Um, but you know who... Uh, wasn't safe in getting through qualifying into Q3, Lance Stroll. Because Lando Norris bumped the wall and uh, left some debris and it gave Lance damage. And I feel like I have to come out and defend him here in this qualifying because people thought that he was just slow, but no. He had to abort his lap. He had damage. But I mean, Lando Norris sailed into Q3. Our poor boy, Lance Stroll. Got stuck in Q2. A shame. Such a pity. Oh, man. I do. I love him. I do love him. Just leave it at that. I'll just... Okay. Let's just leave Moving it Moving on. <laughs> Q number three. Um, so this is when things are getting real exciting. People are going close to the walls. They're setting their times. We get some shocks because we're getting near the end of the time period. And who shoots up to the top of the timesheets? Blooming Mr. Monsieur Esteban Ocon. Esti bestie. Who saw that coming? What an icon. What an icon. But then, shoots up another contender, Senor Fernando Alonso. Very exciting. And Max Verstappen starts his final lap and he's going around sector one, sector two, and he's two tenths down. Surely this is it. Surely Fernando Alonso is going to get pole and we're actually going to see a Fernando win. Surely. But then, somehow, in that last sector, Max Verstappen makes up those two tenths and a little bit more to take Paul. We should never doubt him. No, it does piss me off though. Granted, <laughs> <laughs> granted, Fernando had a... His, his third sector wasn't amazing. Mm. Oh, but I feel like if Fernando was going to get a win this season, Monaco was... The, if not one of the strongest opportunities for him. So I was gutted that he didn't get. Yeah. Yeah, it was a shame. Max Verstappen. Um, but yeah. Can he not? <laughs> He's had enough. Why couldn't Why couldn't he try to do last to first at Monaco? 
if he managed to do last to first at Monaco, I would I would hat off for that. Get that Red Bull cap out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, you own one. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where it is though. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so yeah, but yeah, we have Max and Fernando in the front row, and then Charles Leclerc spun on in the second. Charles Leclerc qualified third. Obviously, he'd want to be higher. It's his home Grand Prix that he always was badly at. But then footage appears and it was Charles Leclerc not getting out of the way for London Arsenal. So in fact, it wasn't just him not getting out of the way. He lifted. Oh dear. And whilst, yeah, it's his team's fault more than him, it's still dangerous and it warranted a three-place grid penalty. So Esteban Ocon moves up to third. Carlos signs to fourth and those Hamilton's fifth. Something like that. Very um, good day for Alpine. Pierre Gasly, I think, qualified seventh or something. Although it's funny, have you seen Otmar when asked about, like, oh, wow, are you excited Esteban qualified third? And he's like, yeah, Pierre also got seventh. Pierre did very well too. That enrages me. So when you try too hard to sound not biased, you start sounding biased. Like, that is ridiculous. Appreciate, appreciate Esteban. One of your drivers qualified P3. What? How does P7 even compare? Did Alpine even get on the podium last season? I want to say they did. Wait. I feel like they, I feel like they didn't. I'm going to do a, a quick Google search. Did anyone outside of Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull get on the podium? But there's one more person. Oh, Lando got a podium. But I don't know if anyone else oh, did. Oh, no, they didn't. No podiums last year. Yeah. Uh, that means their last podium before this was Fernando Alonso in Qatar 2021. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. I always have the funnest facts, Chloe. Don't ask for one right now. I can't think of one. <laughs> That's just really disappointing. Oh, sorry. I'm really sad now. Uh, oh, no. Um, oh, God. Oh, just say something and I'll think of one. Just keep talking to the to the listeners. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> Qualifying happened and then Sunday came around and it was the race time. Um, I've got a fun fact. Go for it. Fingernails grow faster than toenails. I wonder why. Maybe your toes are more compressed. Oh, maybe, yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, we need to talk about the race. More important things. No. No. I'm I'm really... No. The whole podcast so far, I've been munching on these chocolate peanuts. And I don't think... The podcast might be able to pick it up, but I think you might be able to pick it up when you're editing. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fine. ASMR, lovely. Platypuses don't have stomachs. What breaks down the food? It's their intestines. (laughs) Break it down. No wonder Perry the platypus was a skinny legend. 
Skinny legend, Perry. Oh, <laughs> was actually really good. <laughs> oh, okay. Get you on Britain's Got Talent. Get me on Britain's Got Talent. Oh God, Britain's Got Talent. Uh, no, actually, get you on Eurovision. Get me on Eurovision. Have we spoke about Eurovision? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've definitely we've spoken about Eurovision already. Ah. Chat. I fear we may have gone astray. <laughs> the Monaco Grand Prix. Okay, so dry start and the car's set off. Fernando Alonso does not manage to jump Max Verstappen at the start. That's a pity. There was drama at the back though. Was it Nico Hulkenberg that tried to... He did. He, he, he tried Swoop to send through. it. Um, caused a bit of chaos, didn't he? <laughs> Magna Crease, lap one, the hairpin. Freaking bumper <laughs> cars. And then Sergio Perez is just like chilling in the back. Like, I'll just wait for you guys to... You can just, yeah. To clear up and then I'll... I'll follow you after. Uh, but yeah, I mean... For the start, for a while, it was just Monaco being Monaco, wasn't it? It was, I mean, it was, it started off pretty dull, I'm not going to lie. The tyre, the tyre strategy did seem, it did get more interesting when we found out that the mediums just weren't, weren't a happy tyre, but. Well, unless you're on a Red Bull. (laughs) Oh, God. Things. Things hotted up when the clouds came in. I was pretty adamant it wasn't going to rain because I wasn't going to give myself that false hope. Yeah. Can we, before we talk about the rain, bring Carlos signs going into the back of Esteban Ocon? Oh my god, I blocked that. And then he just does a whole race with like a whole end plate off his wing, of his front wing. I mean, sums up Monaco the fact that you don't need a. Uh, 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 you know, a perfect a front properly. wing to <laughs> yeah. do well there says it all really um, but yeah, I mean it's sort of like they're saying, oh the rain will come in this lap you know, each team saying a bit differently um, and like you Chloe, I was sat there thinking look, I'm not going to expect rain um, I, I don't want so often we're promised I don't it and it do never comes mm. or it comes down too hard and we don't get a race but then it started, you know, certain corners at first. Wasn't the whole track, certain corners. And that's exciting. That's exciting when half the don't track's move wet on to and half the track's inches, not. Do you? Yeah. But then everyone's slipping and sliding and, and having a bad time. Um, and yeah. The most, and the most like, exciting okay, thing was the fact the that... Lap? They pitted Alonso and they put him back out. Oh. oh! The thing is, would he have necessarily won had they pitted him for as No, but he would have had a better no, chance. No, but could he have? Yes. And the thing is, though, I do sit there and think, at the same time, you know, if they'd waited one more lap, they would have known, but how are they supposed to know that in that case, and they could that could have been a great decision. Like 
we weren't to know at the time that could have turned out that could have been a stroke of genius but it wasn't it wasn't sadly and he had to come in again but when Max Verstappen only has to come in once because uh, he made his mediums last way too long the rain was hysterical the fact that they just started it was just everyone was running off uh, but I mean, Lance Stroll going into the wall at the hairpin once and then again is so funny. I know that someone pointed out that he actually sort of brushed a wall or, or bumped a wall before that, which caused his wing, his front wing, to get damaged, which then meant that he couldn't really turn properly. <laughs> so it 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 was a prior incident that caused him to do that, but it was so just it's the way he just goes bump bump <laughs> the whole wing comes off. What an icon. I just I, I just think he's wonderful. <laughs> you can't you can't hate him. I think he just needs a bit of fire under him. But then again, he doesn't even need the fire because he knows that he's he's in a comfortable position. But I think, like, for us... For us, I would like the fire, but for him, he's like... My dad's probably is, not going to... Fernando's... Well... Fernando's well happy with him. This is what I was going to say earlier. Fernando's massively outperformed... I mean, Lance Stroll, he's no, he's no competition to Fernando in the Aston, let's be real. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Fernando's... Fernando's chilling, he's loving life. But also Loves his teammate. I don't know, I guess it's a little awkward because Fernando is showing not only how great he is of a driver, but the potential of the car. So I mm. bet some of the others in the team, not Lawrence, but they're like, Okay, if Fernando can do this with the car, why isn't Lance, you know, pulling the same results? It's difficult. That's why you don't mix family and business. Oh, I'm intrigued. I mean, I can't. S- I think Lance will. I think Lance will pull it out of the bag at some point in the season. He's he's definitely getting a podium. Definitely. I think he has. God, imagine we're all wait. We're all waiting for a Fernando win. What if we get Lance Stroll's first win? It's like Blumen with um, McLaren a few years ago when uh. Everyone was like, yeah, Lando's McLaren's boy. Mac- Lando's going to get McLaren's win. And then it was like, bam, McLaren gets a win. But not with Lando. Not with Lando, yeah. It's going to be the same. Daniel Ricciardo. Lance is going to get Aston's <sighs> one and only win of the season. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry for the person I will become if Imagine. Lance Stroll gets that first Aston Martin win. <laughs> we would be uns- insufferable, honestly. We've called it the whole time, Lord Stroll. He's our guy. He shall not disappoint. He won't. Um, he won't. I'm sure he won't. Uh, so, yeah, that happened in the way... George Russell went off. Yeah. And then came back right came back right on. Right back on. Um, into the side of Sergio Perez. <laughs> he also very nearly got a penalty at the beginning of the race. He did, I thought. Which, to be fair... I'm surprised you didn't, but I haven't seen I haven't the close-up. I haven't seen the close-up, but as soon as I saw that he was being investigated for improper starting procedure, I was like, okay, 
guaranteed penalty. So I feel like once it's yeah, because isn't it like lasers or something? Nearly, I, I don't know. Um, like some kind of sensor, and I'm like, how would that be treated? But at the end of the day, like that's what it's for. You've got a sensor, but you've also got people to look at it. So I don't know if it's been every time, but nearly every time this season, someone's been investigated for that, they have been penalised. Yeah. But yeah, he went off later on, and he comes back on the track right into Sergio Perez. And I mean, the video of this has gone around, and people are saying, oh, it was unfair, it was, you know, 50 50, or Perez was coming around when it's double wave yellows, he won't go in slowly enough. It's not Sergio Perez's job to stop and let George Russell out. It's George Russell's job to wait for a gap and then to come out, and his and his engineer's job. To let him know when a suitable gap appears. Sergio Perez has every... Should he... He shouldn't, like, go speeding through there if it's double wave yellows, don't get me wrong. But it's not his job to stop and say, Oh, Georgie boy, it's alright, you get out in front of me, that's fine. No. No. And then that leads to Mr. George Russell, once again, asking for team orders. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't, part of me can get what he's saying, but part of me is like, like I get it, but it's not really that necessary. Is he saying it in good faith? Yeah, is it necessary and is he saying it in good faith? Let's be honest. I'm like, George, day to say to Lewis's face. He would never to Lewis's face be like. The thing is as well, after that, Lewis dunks like seven or eight seconds on him for the end of the race. So let's be real, George will just slowed him down. The best part is Mercedes never relayed the information to Lewis. <laughs> they were basically like, just be quiet, George. <laughs> As they should. As they should. Um, I mean, Lewis having a great time. What a bad weekend for Mercedes, though, in terms of their result. Fourth and fifth, I believe. Oh, God, it pains me that fourth and fifth equates to an excellent <laughs> result. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! What is going on? Oh no! Why? What, oh. Why are we celebrating a Mercedes fourth and th- fifth? You know what? It. You know what caused me pain the other day. The thought that there is a possibility that Lewis Hamilton won't win another race before he retires. Why would you say that? Like it's not for certain that he no, will. Why would you say that? And I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> The last time Lewis Hamilton won a race was Saudi Arabia 2021. I feel like I will not be able to die peacefully. I <laughs> know, exactly. I will never move on. If he, if, he, if he doesn't win a race again after the atrocity that was Abu Dhabi 2021, I will never move on from that. I, I will never... No. Oh. I don't think I could. Now I'm sad. Yeah. Sorry about that. Wow. In the same vein, I sometimes start thinking about the fact that... Right, Max, nothing against Max, but him winning all the time is boring. And I'm going to see Silverstone in person. And if it's a boring Max win, I I will cry. Because I've spent too much money for someone to win 20 seconds ahead of everyone else. You can't have you crying at Silverstone. When last year, 
when last year Blooming Through Goes Hamilton happened right in front of my very eyes. <laughs> I am I cannot handle Max Verstappen winning by 20 seconds ahead of Sergio Perez with Fernando Alonso behind him. No, it's going to be a great race because you're going to be there. <sighs> it better. Front row of club corner, baby. You need to bring some banana peels and sabotage the Red Bull. <laughs> Blue shell. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, in my hands, just chuck it. Also, I'm going to say, I don't care that Lewis won and dominated for so long and that I didn't complain and I lapped it up <laughs> because I'm British and I fully accept the British bias with Lewis women. Every, I would not complain. If Lewis won every single race for the rest of the season, I wouldn't care. <laughs> Facts. To be fair, though, even when Lewis was dominating, like it wasn't as dominant as this dominating. Like, no. At least, at least there was a chance wrong, that his Max teammate would win, or a Ferrari would get him, or something. Pierre Gasly won in twenty twenty. Like, so shove that Mercedes domination up your. I need that to cut right now. <laughs> Say it again and I'll make it cut. <laughs> so shove that. Perfect cut. <laughs> so smooth. Um, so smooth. I'm feeling a bit poorly now. We we pre warned this. Oh. The, 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 the chocolate peanuts. The peanuts. <laughs> chocolate peanuts are hitting you. I think I've yeah. eaten too many. Well. I'm afraid to say that Max Verstappen did win the Monaco Grand Prix by about 20 seconds. Um, maybe 25, actually. Which we all probably could have guessed but didn't want to accept. Like, I don't, ha- right, I don't have a problem with Max winning races, like him winning. But I, I have a problem with him winning every race. I have a problem <laughs> with him w- I'm, winning I'm races bored. when he's at 25 seconds ahead of the rest. <laughs> that's it and you know what it would be it would be a bit better if you know how after which was the last Grand Prix the one that didn't happen no the one before that that actually happened Baku surely not Miami Ah, so forgettable (laughs) was it Miami when he got out of the car and pointed at the one yeah Okay, that went hard. But my dude just needs... He needs an actual, like, celebration or something that looks cool. Like, this is why we need a Fernando Alonso win. I need a boogie. I wonder if Max is almost... I don't think he's at the minute, but getting bored. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the fact that he's... Already in interviews talking of his retirement. <laughs> not obviously, he's not talking about he's going to retire this season or whatever. But the fact that he's even uttering the words, God, we were so spoiled in twenty twenty one, weren't we? Why did we not appreciate it while it was still there? I did warn you. I was like Rachel. It's not always like this, my friend. I wish it was. I wish it was. Um, I mean, hopefully... Um, so <laughs> if there's one 
very good thing about Monaco, it's how high up they hoist the cars. Um, that was funny. When they're trying to move them off track. And hopefully, every other team's gotten such a good look at Red Bull's floor that they know exactly what to do, how to make the cars even better. They won't do. Adrian Newey's a freak of nature. He's a genius. Um, but still, that man, he doesn't have a brain. It's just like a cybernetic lump I was I, I was laughing at the fact that Mercedes and Toto were so angry at the fact that Lewis's car was lifted or George's car I can't remember so high <laughs> Lewis's car oops we don't talk about that um, Lewis's car was <laughs> lifted so high you could see the Mercedes floor like who is going to be copying that please if any floors to be fair they had big upgrades didn't they oh well <laughs> which should be fair do we actually know how good those upgrades have worked because like Mon- Monaco's just <laughs> Monaco like I think we got to wait until Spain this no, weekend this is, to this find is, out this if is, those is, upgrades have actually done anything this is what really 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 angers me what have these new regulations done for the sport I guess devil's advocate the midfield closer I don't accept it yeah, probably. We don't have, like, Williams being terrible every race. But... We were promised The problem so is, much. is you've got one team... Yeah, you've got one team that has smashed it out of the park. Um, and, yeah, it's... I think especially when, at the end of the last set of regulations, we were getting... We're having a proper title fight. It hurts to start a new set where back to domination. Domination station. And it's like, you look at 2020, 2021, how many different podium sitters there were. Like, you know, we say about the midfield getting closer, maybe, you know, the back markers are closer to the midfield. But when you look at how many podium sitters there were in 2021 compared to how many there were in 2022 there were seven in 22 i want to say i can't god i want to say it was something like 11 in 2021 it was something ridiculous both red bulls both mercedes both ferraris both mclarens that's eight both alpines seb george russell think that was it so 11 i mean thank like, thank god esty bestie got on the podium in monaco what a at least we've got that to be fair alpine maybe alpine are turning a new leaf <laughs> they say they're going to be ahead of mercedes and with ferrari this weekend but if i've learned anything it's not to trust anything that alpine <laughs> says alpine they're just like their own entire entity that are just they're just unpredictable. They're just in their own That's little the world, doing their own little thing. Cause, and they'll have really good races and really bad races, but like it never correlates with what they say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just random which race is good. Like I don't know, someone probably knows whether it's like, oh, they're good in the fast corners or whatever. But like, there's a part of me that just likes to think that there's no no way of knowing sometimes they're fast sometimes they're not and it doesn't matter what kind of corner it is 
it just happens. Oh, and I mean, I know this is super irrelevant, but it is it is a big fat laugh that the whole Oscar Piastri leaving Alpine, dumping them for McLaren, how that all played out. Fun times. That tweet is so good. <laughs> I, oh. I wish I could go back to those few days in summer break. Because it literally just... Wasn't it one day Seb announced his retirement? Next day, Fernando Alonso's in the Aston Martin. Next day, Alpine announced Oscar Piastri and he says no. I literally remember when Seb retired writing a list of drivers I thought could potentially be going to Aston Martin so that we could discuss it on the podcast. No time. <laughs> no time to discuss it. Straight away, Fernando Alonso's in there. Love that for him. He's securing him, the bag, he must, securing the job. I mean, Fernando and his team must have had some insider intel. Like, they must have... Well, apparently, he Fernando said that the talks with Alpine were quite far down the line, but they hadn't put anything on paper yet. They hadn't presented him with anything on paper. Lawrence Stroll goes, if I send you something over now, will you consider it? Fernando's like, yeah. So I think it really was like a snap, a, a quick decision. Of, to be fair, if you're Fernando Alonso in that position, like you know that Alpine want to put Oscar Piastri in. And if they're giving you a one-year contract, you're thinking, look, I don't know when I want to retire. Also, I haven't said yeah, I want to retire next year or the year after. M- making the move to Aston, yes, at the time... Aston looked like the weaker team but also he had nothing to lose and he he knew That's, that he yeah. knew that Aston were pumping in money and he, big money and he knows what's going on behind the scenes that we don't know like and he knows they don't have anyone lined up to replace him like I don't think Felipe Drogovic was with them at the time, but I don't think they're planning on replacing Fernando Alonso with Felipe Drogovic. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to be fair, guess who predicted that Fernando Alonso would be getting a podium this season? You did. It's me, your boy. Oh, didn't I predict Didn't I predict he was being sacked by Aston? No, I think you predicted that Logan Sargent would be sacked by Williams. I don't know. Uh-uh. I don't think your predictions were, were the best clothes, if I'm <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, right, Monaco. Monaco was um, good for Monaco. Good for SD. But I'm glad to get back to a proper road course once again. So, there was another race last Sunday. Yes. A very exciting race some may call it a great race some may call it a spectacle and we all know it's motorsport (laughs) the greatest spectacle in what motor racing motorsport don't know what the official thing is because f1 have tried to get around it (laughs) by saying slightly different things it's all very confusing for their races was the indy 500 indy 500 indianapolis 500. We love IndyCar on this podcast. 
pick up. We love IndyCar. Because they actually God, race. I want to be there. That's, yeah. There's actual overtakes and different winners and drama and stuff. And you might say, oh, but you're just watching them going in circles at the Indy 500. Yeah, and what? We appreciate the art of oval racing. I would say, I mean, the Indy 500 was probably more exciting than all of the races in F1 this season so far. But then again, mm-hmm. I do have a fish memory. I can't even remember. And their drive, <laughs> IndyCar drivers actually know how to behave on a last lap shootout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was the Indy 500 this weekend and we were very excited now. I've not to clarification, my favourite IndyCar drivers are Joseph Newgarden and Colton Herter. Neither of which we've won at Indy 500 before. Didn't have much hope for Colton Herter, I'll be honest. Um, doesn't always have the best time on overalls. Um, Joseph Newgarden, though, never won the Indy 500, but... You know, good. I had belief. A- Until he qualified 18th. <laughs> so I was like, mm, you know. I'll just enjoy it. As long as Santino Ferrucci doesn't win. <laughs> I'll have a good time. <laughs> Valid. I love the Indy yeah. 500. It's 200 laps. Literally high speed. Anything can happen. Literally someone clips the barrier in the Indy 500. The chaos it could cause. That's it. And it's like... Because it's like immediately strategy is just... Through the room. Everything changes. Uh, there's one one point. There's one point. Was it after Kyle Kirkwood's crash? We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I think Callum Eilat had just pitted. Like, literally the lap before the incident happened. And then when the caution came out, everyone pitted. And suddenly Callum Eilat was leading the Indy 500. <laughs> Very cool. I couldn't believe my eyes. Very cool. Callum Eilat um, with leading laps. I just love... Who'd have thought it? Not me. I just love the strategy and stuff as well. Because it's like five or six pit stops. You don't want to be leading the Indy 500. But you obviously don't want to be far back. Every overtake you do, there's an element of danger because you're going off the racing line. And there's marbles. And just a slight slip. You're going so fast. Any slight slip could put you in the wall and end your race and affect everyone else's races exponentially. And the speed. The the speed. Speed. I mean, it's ridiculously dangerous. (laughs) Oh, insanely. Insanely dangerous. Which several drivers found out and almost some spectators because among a number of crashes Felix Rosenquist um, goes up into the marbles and has a wobbly into the wall catches Kyle Kirkwood in the process who proceeds to flip upside down and in that process his tyre comes off and it, it flew now if you didn't watch the Indy 500 and have no idea about this, this it was insane, the tyre flies over the barrier 
over the grandstands and through this like thin gap at the side of the grandstand into the car park onto someone's car damaged someone's car but like the fact it avoided spectators was nothing short of a miracle no it was I mean there was 300,000 spectators at the Indy 500 and this tyre god I wish we were to oh, no, not in the line of the tyre though um, oh no 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 yeah the fact that this tyre freaking over the barrier and somehow miraculously went through the grand step the, the gap small relatively small gap and just smash someone's car i mean i mean we can joke about it now because we know we know it's all safe and they're all okay and everyone's fine but it could have been so nasty yeah and it's definitely it's definitely giving the uh engineers and the technical people something to focus on because i don't know much about car design but i know for a fact that that shouldn't have happened (laughs) no no exactly um exactly but luckily car kirkwood was okay um flipped on his head have you seen the cockpit uh, camera i think it must have just been the adrenaline of the situation he flips his visor up (laughs) yeah i don't know if it's like a matter of because it was maybe dark visibility make sure that nothing was about to hit him or anything or if it was the adrenaline I don't know but like dang that dude <laughs> lifted his visor up while everything's sparking and then as soon as it stops puts it back <laughs> down again <laughs> like he, he's a he's a professional car driver I'm not but um, we're glad that Carl Kirkwood's alright we're glad that everyone that crashed is alright I mean McLaren McLaren at one point you've got Pato Award and Felix Rosenquist literally every three laps or something swapping the lead around so that neither of them has to lead for a long time alexander rossi's only a few places back um and tony canan i think for most of the race was sitting around sort of 10 ish um it was looking really good for mclaren um but then felix rosenquist has his crash we get to a point you know there's a caution and then you've got Pato Award in first and Marcus Ericsson in second. Now, last year, there was a caution before the last few laps. And it was Marcus Ericsson and Pato Award fighting at the end. So we're all thinking, blooming, repeat of last year. Maybe Pato's going to do it. Because Pato has proven himself pretty good in Oval. Um, I think it was Texas earlier this year. He lapped everyone in the field apart from... Joseph Newgarden, who we'll get back to in a second. But then... Marcus Ericsson and Pato Award, they had a little... A little dink. Marcus Ericsson, fine. Pato Award, not fine. Such a pity for him. I know he's popular. It was... He'll get He'll get the Indy 500 one day. He will. I have no doubt. No, but this was a... He just bottled it. This was just a big fat yeah. learning curve, but obviously massively frustrating. To be fair, you say big fat learning curve. I think the learning curve for him is 
if someone does that to me, I'll just take them out as well. <laughs> it's not the mindset, Pato. It's not the mindset. <laughs> but we got to, you know, we get to an interesting part of the race then, where this is why the last... this is why I love I love the Indy Five Hundred <laughs> because at no stage during the race did I know who was winning. Even to the very, very Yeah, exactly. Because suddenly someone who's at the back is suddenly near the front. It's amazing. Someone who's, you know, qualifies, I don't know, 17th, ends up at the front. But we get to a point, so there's, you know, a number of laps left. And then there's a caution. Then they restart. And literally, they get down the straight, another caution's out. They restart. Down the straight, another caution. And you get to the last one, and there's two laps remaining, and people are thinking, maybe this is it, maybe it's caution to the finish. Because I, I, oh god, I might be wrong. Please correct me if I am wrong, IndyCar watching listeners. I believe you'd come out of the pits following the safety car, and it would be a couple of laps, so you could get your tyres warmed up, and then they'd let you let you go this time they did a single lap and then had a single lap at the end controversial but going into this last lap we had marcus erickson in first joseph newgarden in second santino ferrucci in third alexander rossi in fourth marcus erickson last year's winner of the indy 500 he gets on top of the over a million dollars they get if they win, he would get an almost half a million dollar bonus if he won it in back-to-back years. Got Joseph Newgarden in second. Multiple time champion of the series, but never has he won the prize on the grandest stage of them all. Never has he won the Indy 500. Always it's eluded him. Santino Ferrucci in third. Young up-and-comer. Not very nice. Shouldn't be Got suspended for multiple races in <laughs> F2. Um, allegedly racist bullying of his teammate in F2. Um, risky driver overall. But there's a narrative that he's a young up-and-comer and he's a rising star. Um, it, you know, it really was set up for a blockbuster finish and it delivered. I was stood up. The Joseph Newgarden fun I am. I was stood up. I was like, oh my god, it might happen. And they go around, and Marcus Ericsson holds the lead at first, but then they go around. I can't even remember it properly because I was freaking out, but Joseph Newgarden takes the lead and he hangs on to it. And Joseph Newgarden won his first ever Indy 500. And then he scared the daylights out of me by jumping through the barrier. And jumping into the crowd. <laughs> what a legend. What I just I just love that. And you know what he said about that, Chloe? That ever since I think ever since he was a rookie, he spotted that little hole and decided that if he, if he ever won the Indy five hundred he would go through there into the crowd. I love that. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? Um God, it was so feel good. I feel like even if you didn't know who Joseph Newgarden was, didn't know IndyCar, you'd watch that celebration and you'd enjoy it. I mean, I was watching it with my dad, and my dad, he doesn't, 
he doesn't really know much about IndyCar and he especially doesn't know who Joseph Newgarden was, is. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's still alive. Um, <laughs> Let me check Twitter. Um, <laughs> this is how the rumours start. Um, but yeah, it was just... Everyone was just having a great time. It was just great. Can I... Um... So, Joseph Newgarden has a son called Kota. K-O-T-A. Mm. Now, when I first heard that, I heard Coda, and I thought, oh, like, from Brother Bear, K-O-D-A. Then I'm like, but it's spelt with a T. I hope he hasn't named his son... The Circuit of the Americas. The Circuit of the Americas. <laughs> Surely not. Surely he didn't just slap a K on there. To be fair, if you're going to name your kid after an American circuit, Coates is not too bad. It's better than calling your kid. <laughs> yeah, this is my son, Indianapolis yeah, Motor Speedway. You could, call, you could quite easily call your kid Indy. Indy works. Indianapolis. This is my kid, IMS. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kid, Miami GP. <laughs> this is my kid, Donington Park. <laughs> to be fair, Indy, like, have some pretty wild um, names for their GPs as well, don't they? To be fair, F1 does too, no one, just no one says the full... Um, Full names. <laughs> yes, this is my kid, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. <laughs> big man for sure. This is my kid, Big Man. Big man. <laughs> hey, whoever whoever does worse on the predictions has to call their first kid Big Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good, bro. Oh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> um, well done, Joseph Newgarden. Bus bro. Number one. Bus bros. Have you seen um, Andretti? Um, so Andretti is obviously... Um, you know, you know, you know Andretti. <laughs> I do know Andretti. Um, so it's Mar- Marcus Andretti. God, I forget. You've got Mario Andretti, who's the F1 champion. His son, who I think is Marcus. God, is it Marcus? Because then you've got Marco, which is his Hello. son. Michael. God, why did I think it was Marcus? I'm such a fake fan. You really are. So you've got Michael Andretti in charge of the team. He's trying to bring it over to F1 as well. But uh, Andretti did uh, Motor Homies. <laughs> which is Roman Grosjean and Colton Herter. <laughs> I would recommend you watch the video. It's very funny. Very, very funny. I won't say anything more. Okay. But yeah, Indy 500 loved the Indy 500. You know, the Monaco GP was good, but... 
the Indy 500. It's just special, man. It's special. The whole it was a good day of racing overall. Yeah, it's a very good day, and we're gonna have another good day, I think, on Sunday because this weekend will be the Spanish Grand Prix for F1 and the Detroit Grand Prix for IndyCar. So full Sundays, everyone. Clear out your calendars. Hunker down, get out the chocolate peanuts, we're going racing. She says. <laughs> she says. Who doesn't drive? <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom. You drive esports. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, it's bold of you to <laughs> call that esports. <laughs> I just repeatedly do the F1 2021 story mode. F1. On easy. <laughs> Devin Butler. Oh, we are Devin Butler fans. You can't, you on can't this podcast. hate him. Can't hate you can't him. Can't hate him if you ain't him. Snarky guy. Exactly. You know, he did like, <laughs> there's some videos of him on YouTube playing F1 2021. <laughs> Sorry. Devin, well not Devin Butler, but... Are you alright, Chloe? <laughs> I think one of the reasons why I love his character so much is because his setup, the whole setup, is so enemies to lovers. Like. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in the new story, sorry, this, like, I think the majority of our listeners haven't played Breaking Point in F1 2021, but him and Aiden Jackson are in the same team. In the story in F one twenty three, so um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to replay Breaking Point one together, and then we can play Breaking Point two together. I think that would be a lot of fun. Unless I just fork out. Um, can you play multiplayer? Oh, you can, can't you? But you need on the story. Not on the story, just in. Not on the story, but you can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course you can. Race against each other. Don't tempt me. Someone's brushing their teeth behind the wall, which I think is probably a sign that we should end <laughs> end this episode right here. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of The Rookies. What are we talking about next week? We have covered it. Your mom. <laughs> Can you tell it's half nine in the evening? <laughs> um. Yeah, will we talk more about the Spanish GP or more about the Detroit GP? Are we slowly becoming an IndyCar podcast? Who knows? <laughs> if you want to keep up to date with us, you should follow our Twitter at the Rookies F1. Yeah, good idea. I should do that. I already follow it. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm so funny. Make sure to tune in next week and have a, a, oh, I almost forgot then. I want reading a day, day, <laughs> lovely. Right. I'll speak to you. Speak to you. No, I, well, I will speak at you next week. Okay. Bye. <laughs>